0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirshner. Based on Donald Trump's escalating social media rants and name-calling of Special Counsel Jack Smith, it seems he's getting desperate and knows what's in store as far as indictments go.
0: Here's Glenn. So, friends, it's pretty clear Donald Trump knows he's on the verge of earning a new title. Some of the other titles he has earned, Failed Businessman, Reality TV Hack, Twice Impeached President of the United States. And now he's about to earn a new title, Defendant. And it's pretty clear that he knows it's coming. His desperation is showing. Here's some of the new reporting about what he has been posting in recent days and in recent hours. Headline, Trump now sees special counsel Jack Smith as a mad dog psycho. Now, friends, with all due respect to the reporter, I want to tweak that headline a little bit. Because, in my opinion, it should read, Trump now wants his supporters to see special counsel Jack Smith as a mad dog psycho. Here's how that article reads. Targeting special counsel Jack Smith, Donald Trump is lashing out with hysterics. These are not the actions of a man expecting to be cleared of wrongdoing. Special Counsel Jack Smith and his team continue to pursue witnesses, some of whom are at the center of Donald Trump's inner circle and The Wall Street Journal, a Trump-friendly publication. The Wall Street Journal summarized the current landscape this way in its latest report. Not surprisingly, the apparent fact that the investigation has reached advanced stages has made the Republican at the heart of the scandals awfully anxious. Trump has turned his attention to Jack Smith personally, labeling him a Trump hater and a political hitman who shouldn't be allowed to investigate him because someone Smith is related to doesn't like Trump The Republicans soon after condemned Smith as a fully weaponized monster. Last month, the former president went considerably further, calling Smith a thug in a mental state of derangement who may very well turn out to be a criminal. And now, friends, here's Donald Trump's new post about Jack Smith. The psycho prosecutor assigned to me for the documents hoax Can I pause there and say, Donald, don't forget, Jack Smith is also assigned to you, as you put it, for the insurrection, not just your documents crimes. The psycho prosecutor assigned to me for the documents hoax, Jack Smith, is not only, together with his wife, family, and friends, a massive Trump hater of historic proportions but also someone that viciously and unscrupulously pursued others, only to be overturned unanimously by the US Supreme Court. Why don't they have a thug like this going after Biden who really did commit crimes? His prosecutor is a nice guy, not a Trump-hating monster, very unfair, but people get it. So friends, I have one simple question. What is Donald Trump really trying to accomplish with his incessant name-calling, his juvenile rants? He's not going to chill Jack Smith in his investigation. Similarly, he's been calling District Attorney Fawny Willis all sorts of names, hurling all sorts of insults at her. He's not going to chill D.A. Willis in her investigation of the election crimes he committed in Georgia. So what is he really trying to accomplish? You know, I think it's pretty obvious that what he's trying to do is inflame and enrage his supporters. These nonstop unhinged rants are basically the present day version of stand back and stand by. And once Donald Trump has his first court appearance set, once he has earned the title defendant, after he has inflamed, after he has enraged his supporters, he will incite them to violence. How might he do that? Well, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? You know, his first court appearance is going to be called an arraignment. An arraignment is a fancy way to say after you've been indicted, we bring you into court and you are formally read the charges that the grand jury has indicted you on. That is your arraignment date. It's your first court appearance. Let's just hypothetically say the first court appearance he has will be in federal court in Washington, D.C., though I think the smart money is riding on Georgia being the first jurisdiction to indict Donald Trump. But hypothetically speaking let's say his first court appearance is in washington dc what is donald trump going to do he has spent all this time calling the people who are prosecuting him all sorts of names and inflaming and enraging his base to you know paint the picture give the false perception that all of these prosecutions against him are witch hunts and vendettas and they don't have anything to do with the fact that he committed crimes what will he do? Well, he will post something on his third-rate social media platform that is some version of come to DC for my arraignment will be wild. You can see that coming, can't you? And then the only question will be (laughs) Does law enforcement respond any better to Donald Trump inciting imminent violence for his first court appearance the way he did back on January 6th? I have to believe the federal government will under the leadership of President Biden. I have to believe we will be prepared and the government will act this time to, you know, cut. Trump's angry mob off at the pass. But we'll see. We'll see because that day is coming. No two ways about it. Donald Trump will earn himself the title of defendant, he will appear in court, he will be arraigned on his indictment, a trial date will be set, and then we will move in the direction of a criminal trial and hopefully a conviction. Because justice Matters.
1: Coming up next, Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry is trying to keep the contents of his cell phone hidden from the DOJ as part of their investigation into attempts by Donald Trump to overturn the 2020 election. But the judge isn't buying his excuses. This is Justice Matters. Hi, Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I'm here to remind you about one of the best decisions I've made recently, getting Factor meals. Eating is so much easier for me with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor is flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up today and save. I've done the math and I can tell you Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved nutritious and delicious so what are you waiting for get started today and start meeting your meal and nutrition goals head over to factormeals.com/glen50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off that's code glen50 at factormeals.com/glen50 to get 50% off remember go to factormeals.com/ glenn N N five zero and use code GLEN50 to get 50% off today.
0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: new ruling by the judge in Washington, D.C. with supervisory authority over the grand jury has rejected the special privilege claims of Congressman Scott Perry to look at communications in his cell phone. What will happen next? Here's Glenn.
0: So friends, we just got a look at a 50-page ruling that was released by Chief Judge Beryl Howell. Judge Howell is the judge in federal court in D.C. who has supervisory responsibility over the grand jury that is investigating the crimes of Donald Trump. And in that 50-page ruling, she rejected a claim by Congressman Scott Pardon Me Perry. I call him that because he asked for a pardon for the crimes he committed on and around January 6th. And Scott Pardon Me Perry said, even though the federal prosecutors got a search warrant for my cell phone because the judge concluded there was probable cause that evidence of crime was located in my cell phone, even though they got that warrant and took my phone, I don't want them to look at what's in there because it's all covered by something called speech or debate clause privilege. The only thing in there is just me, you know, robustly discussing and debating legislation. (laughs) Yeah, sure Scott. And so I want to try to explain what happened and what we learned in Chief Judge Beryl Howell's ruling, but it's a little bit down in the weeds of criminal law and criminal procedure. So I'm gonna do my best to kind of unravel it and clarify it and you'll let me know maybe in the comments to this video whether I succeeded or failed whether I made it clearer more clear or less clear but I'm gonna give it a shot I wanna start with the new reporting about this 50 page ruling that was just released just unsealed by Chief Judge Beryl Howell this is from the Washington Post headline fight over Representative Perry's phone has prevented review of 2200 documents In January 6 probe and that article begins a secret legal fight over the cell phone of representative Scott pardon me Perry that's my editorial edition there has prevented the Justice Department for more than six months from reviewing more than 2200 documents meaning text messages and emails the kind of stuff found in our phones has prevented DOJ for more than six months from reviewing more than 2,200 documents in the criminal investigation of former President Donald Trump and supporters' efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, a federal judge disclosed Friday evening. Chief Judge Beryl Howell of the US District Court in DC released a number of previously sealed opinions after finding that the powerful public interest outweighed the need for secrecy in the constitutional battle over Perry's claims and the historic investigation. The Pennsylvania Republican has asserted that 2,219 documents contained on his phone are shielded by the Constitution's speech or debate clause, which grants members of Congress immunity from criminal investigation in their official capacities. But in a ruling in December, Howell rejected that claim for more than 90% of the records, ordering Perry to turn over 2,055 text messages, emails, and attachments after concluding that they were only incidentally related to his status as a lawmaker and not central to that status and constitutionally protected as part of his lawmaking. Okay friends, so what does all that mean? we have to go back to the beginning and connect some dots. First, and perhaps most importantly, a federal judge concluded that there was evidence of crime on Scott Perry's cell phone. And therefore that federal judge, a federal magistrate judge in Pennsylvania, having found probable cause that Scott Perry had evidence of crime on his phone, issued a search warrant. And Scott Perry's phone was seized but because federal prosecutors know that some of the stuff on a congressman's phone or a congresswoman's phone might have some privileges some speech or debate clause privilege because maybe he's just using that phone to you know robustly debate federal legislation and so prosecutors didn't look at the phone what they did was they gave representative Scott pardon me Perry an opportunity to file a motion with the court, Chief Judge Beryl Howell, and tell the court whether anything on his phone is covered by speech or debate clause privilege, which would mean the prosecutors don't get to look at it. So, Scott Perry took the prosecutors up on that offer and he filed a motion with Chief Judge Beryl Howell. We're just learning all of this now because Judge Howell decided to release Her ruling and she disclosed all of this so here is what Perry said he said judge there are 2,219 communications on my phone emails text messages attachments that are privileged speech or debate clause all part of my official legislative duties and the prosecutors can't see them don't get to see them please don't release them to the prosecutors and here's the really interesting part. We gave all of the contents of, we, I'm sorry, I lapsed into the royal we because I was a prosecutor for 30 years, I'm no longer a prosecutor, so they, pardon me, pardon Perry. Um, so the prosecutors gave the phone to Chief Judge Howell, said, we haven't looked at it, we won't look at it, we have safeguards in place to make sure we don't violate Any privileges that a member of Congress might have. So judge, you go ahead and look at the 2,219 emails and text messages that Perry is claiming are privileged, speech or debate clause privilege, and, and we're not permitted to look at them, and please resolve that issue for yourself and let us know what you conclude. Here's the thing, usually when we litigate issues before a judge, Both sides, both parties, the prosecution and the defense, know the entire universe of the facts that we're dealing with. But in this circumstance, the prosecutors didn't even get to look at the phone because of those safeguards they had in place, just gave the information to the judge and let the judge make the decision. So the prosecutors didn't even get to weigh in on, for example, you know what judge, we've reviewed these 2,219 messages on Scott Perry's phone. They have nothing to do with speech or debate, and they enjoy no privilege. The prosecutors didn't even get to do that because they didn't get to look at them first. So they delivered them to Judge Beryl Howell. Scott Perry made all of his arguments about why they were privileged and the prosecutors can't look at them. And here is what we learned when Judge Howell released her opinion. Without the prosecutors even making arguments, Right? even weighing in on whether there's any privilege attaching to these 2,200 emails. Judge Beryl Howell said to Scott Pardon Me, Perry, in substance, yeah, you claim that those 2,219 emails enjoy some kind of speech or debate privilege. B.S. I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly what Chief Judge Beryl Howell said. But she ruled that, yeah, you know what? Of the 2,219 communications that you, Perry, claim are privileged, 2,055 of them are not. And only 160-something of them are. What does that tell you? It tells you, Scott, pardon me, Perry, is full of you-know-what trying to claim that 2,000 of his communications are privileged. Please don't let the prosecutors see them. And the judge, on her own, prosecutors didn't even get to make an argument because they didn't see the contents of those communications. On her own, she said, yeah, Congressman Perry, BS. 2,055 of them are not privileged. Now, is that any surprise? Scott, pardon me, Perry. The member of Congress who had to ask for a pardon because he knew he committed crimes on and around January 6th and he wanted to get away with those crimes. Is it any surprise that those 2,000 plus messages that he claimed were privileged, just part of his legislative duties, didn't involve a robust debate on legislation at all. They involved something much darker. We don't know how dark. We don't know what those communications will reveal. But you can bet it's all about the insurrection, right? Remember, Representative Perry was also the one who would regularly visit Mark Meadows. And Mark Meadows would burn documents in his fireplace, in his office, when Scott Perry left. Nothing fishy about that. So here's the status of where things are now. Scott Perry has appealed and the case is now up at the DC Federal Circuit Court of Appeals to see whether Judge Howell's order, finding no privilege for 2055 communications, they're all relevant to the criminal investigation of Donald Trump and they should go over because they're not privileged, whether that opinion will be affirmed on appeal or whether it will be reversed on appeal. It will ultimately, in my opinion, be affirmed, if not by the three-judge panel, then by the full court sitting en banc, all appellate court judges. And then, of course, Scott Perry can appeal it to the Supreme Court, and he will likely lose. So yes, Scott Perry has, once again, weaponized the delay in the court system to his advantage, trying to run out the clock, trying to do a solid for his criminal associate Donald Trump, and we'll see if he succeeds, or we'll see if maybe justice is done in a timely manner. Because justice matters. Friends, I hope that clarified rather than confused, but this is a somewhat dense kind of legal and procedural issue and posture that, you know, the Scott Pardon Me Perry criminal cell phone issue is currently in. So let me know, please, in the comments whether you found that helpful or confusing. And as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with y'all again soon. For more on Glenn, Go to Glenn
1: Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.